Thanks for tuning into the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that cultivates hope, generosity, and validation of self and others. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we believe life is a team sport, and we're all in this together. So let's join forces as we focus on the positive and share tips and practices to improve your happiness game. I'm Laurie Florence, and I'll be your host for episode 88 of the Happiness Playbook. Before we get started on this episode, I want to talk about last episode in our post-game analysis. We talked about the differences between pain and suffering and how pain is inescapable and suffering could be optional, depending on our acceptance of the pain. It was a deep dive, and if you missed it, go back and give it a listen. Did any of you get the chance to try out the idea of not resisting pain and instead accept that you're feeling it and then build something positive by being curious if there's any purpose to the pain and also asking what you could learn from it. Let us know how it went. You could message us on Facebook at Play Theory or on Instagram for the Happiness Playbook. You can also leave us a comment at playtheory.org. I didn't see any new reviews or comments, so I have nothing to report for our Team Huddle. If you haven't left us a five-star review yet, it only takes a second if you're on iTunes, and it only takes a few seconds longer if you write up a review. We would really appreciate that. For today's highlight reel, it's a story about a woman who is absolutely winning the happiness game. We want to give a huge shout out to an amazing person, Frances Connolly. She won 145 million pounds in the lottery in Ireland. And instead of going out and spending on all these extravagant things, she has given over half of her winnings away. Wow. She says, quote, I'm addicted to helping people, unquote. Talk about looking outward. I'll leave the link in our show notes, and you should definitely go on and watch. There'll be a little video with her being interviewed, and she's delightful. Now, that brings us to our play-by-play, which is focusing on the fourth play theory principle, look outward. This is such a powerful tool to improve your happiness game. It is literally a win-win when we do it. I'm currently in the middle of Take Note Troop's 19th annual Shakespeare in the Park shows. There are 36 kids in the cast. We have eight shows in total and travel to three different cities. You can check out Take Note Troop on Facebook for some pictures of the show, or you can check out my vision for Twelfth Night if you follow me on Instagram or TNT or Take Note Troop on Instagram. I've been directing teens in Shakespeare for 20 years now. For those of you asking, how is that possible? I couldn't do it without the play theory principles. They keep me sane. And look outward is a huge one. It's a game changer. The teens I coach are usually not theater kids. And Take Note Troop is a developmental program and most of the participants don't go on to professional acting careers, although we have had a few. I like to think of this program as an opportunity to learn and then apply the play theory principles. When I was in high school, I did track and cross country because I was interested in fitness. I didn't want to become a professional runner. 
I never placed in the track meets, and I was pretty mediocre, but I still run today. My hope is that the youth in TNT will continue to practice play theory long after they've experienced it in performance on a stage. I think of TNT performances like my high school track meets. They motivated me to work hard and gave me a chance to try out what I'd been practicing on the field. The TNT participants need places to apply the play theory skills they're developing. Being present, letting go and playing, really help in rehearsals. Accepting and building on a role is absolutely essential. Looking outward makes all the difference when it's finally time to perform. It's a chance for the cast members to look outward and help each other out while also considering how they can serve the audience. If they do that, their performance is exponentially enhanced. Here's another example of how looking outward empowers us. Years ago, I served as the president of our young women's organization in my church. Every summer, all of the girls in the group would attend a girls' camp. And this would involve going up into the mountains and sleeping in cabins for a week. And there would be different activities ranging from hiking to crafts. And a favorite was the ropes course. If you've ever been on a ropes course, there's all kinds of obstacles. And they usually involve being up in the air on some type of a, a ladder or tower or a zip line or a rope. And you're always harnessed in so you're safe, and the people who run the ropes course have received training so you can trust them. Well, the year, one of the years that I went, they had an obstacle. I can't remember the name. I think it was something like the lion's pole. I don't know, something terrible and intimidating. And it consisted of a telephone pole placed in the ground, and at the top of it uh, was a place, it was just the flat part of the pole, and they would put you in your, your harness, they would rope you in, and then you would climb up the pole. There were some pegs on it. And in order to accomplish this challenge, you'd stand on the top of this 20-foot pole and then leap out and grab a bar suspended between two ropes or a, a trapeze. And then you could swing out and let go of the trapeze and they would, they would um, arrest your fall so you didn't fall to the ground in a, in a hard way. Some people found this to be fun, and a lot of the girls wanted to do it. Many of the girls were frightened to do it. And because I was a leader, the girls looked up to me, and I felt that pressure. And I thought of them, and I wanted to lead out. There were many that wanted to do it, but they needed encouragement. They felt frightened. And because I was looking outward, and I was thinking about them, I, even though I was scared and I had no desire to do it, I decided to fake it until I made it. And I climbed up the pole and I kept repeating to myself, these people have had training. They're going to keep me safe. Other people have been doing this. I want to encourage these other girls to give this a try. Now, I did it. I don't want to do it again. I didn't enjoy doing it. But I did it because I wanted to encourage the others. And that's an interesting word, that encourage. Uh, I was given the courage because I was wanting to encourage someone else. And I was only courageous because I was able 
to put my fears aside and lean into this terrifying opportunity because I was looking outward and wanting to give courage to those that I had um, a relationship with and they looked up to me. So I couldn't have done this, I think it was the giant's pull, maybe, I, I don't know, if I hadn't looked outward. Looking outward is that kind of powerful. I, I don't like heights but it empowered me in a way that I couldn't have talked myself into if I wasn't thinking about others. This principle of thinking of others produces movement and process into places that are uncomfortable and also strengthening. Back to our Shakespeare in the Park shows, they have become a favorite summer tradition in our community. Every year, I'll hear from some audience members how they enjoy bringing their entire family to our shows. They express gratitude for our offering of goodwill on our community, which is what our performances are because I pound it into our youth actors that each performance is meant to be a gift that should be given generously with the recipient, meaning our audiences, in mind. One way I do this is before a show, I ask the cast to share if they have anyone special coming to that night's performance. There's always someone's family or friend. Then I ask them to remember that there are people that are known and loved out there in the audience, and I invite the cast to choose a positive attribute or principle that they hope to share with the audience as a gift. This outward focus helps them see past the self-interest of stage fright and indulgent performances that can leave an audience feeling uncomfortable. Conversely, when participants are self-focused Instead of looking outward, it bears bad fruit. We've all been around someone who's obsessed with themselves and has no regard towards others. No thank you. Occasionally, a youth will participate in a show with their main objective being to have fun or to be with their friends. Well, that doesn't last long. There are late rehearsals, thick old English, uncomfortable costumes, and often we perform in 100 degree temperatures, which is really not fun. If the fun-loving participant can't shift from their self-interest to looking outward, they'll lose all motivation and be miserable. Looking outwards is also about taking the long view and asking what's needed in every situation. Sometimes when a youth receives a role in a Shakespeare show that they think all that's needed is to say the right words at the right time. There's so much more than that to real acting. If they aren't able to look outward and connect to their scene partner, or they don't do any work to develop a believable or interesting character, their performance falls flat and they fail it. This happens because they weren't looking outward and instead chose to be self-focused, spending time on lesser activities and procrastinating their preparation. In a Shakespeare play, if an actor's preparation consists entirely of just being memorized, it's like telling someone you're bringing them cookies and then presenting them with the grocery sack of all of the ingredients needed to make cookies. Everything's there, but it's not a cookie. Time and energy are still needed to enjoy prepared cookies. An actor who is truly looking outward is asking, how can I make my preparation 
more accessible and enjoyable for the audience. When they do that, they'll be far less fearful and ironically have a lot more fun in the production than if they were self-indulgent and didn't look outward in their preparation. Sometimes an actor can't let go of their ideas and won't play with the idea a director or scene partner offers. They can also struggle when they won't let go of their ego and instead stay self-focused on how they perceive they will be perceived and won't accept feedback from a director. When that happens, the actors don't have a positive experience and usually express regret about their choices after the show closes. A while back, I was having a hard time feeling positive. I was in a funk. I tried a few of my usual pick-me-ups, but none worked. I happened upon this quote by William Blake. I sought my soul, but my soul I could not see. I sought my God, but my God eluded me. I sought my brother, and I found all three. It was just the reminder that I needed to focus outward and seek opportunities to lighten others' burdens. To find ourselves, we have to look past our reflection and see the others in our sphere of influence. As we do this and look outward, we'll develop deeper connection and more satisfying relationships. As we feel more valued, we'll better recognize our value, and as we offer support to others, we'll develop eyes to see the support that surrounds us. As we play a bigger role in the lives of others, we'll grow outward, filling the space of love and unity created by the interactions we share with others, and our place in the world will be more defined and concrete. We'll feel we have purpose and value in our world. This is especially valuable to the rising generation as they step into their place in our world, seeking to find purpose and meaning in their existence. This Shakespeare in the Park run, I had some unexpected oral surgery that left me unable to talk for a week and in a lot of pain for a few more weeks after that. One evening, as the time to leave for our rehearsal approached, I really didn't want to go. Talking was painful, and by the end of the night, my entire head would ache. I asked myself what would happen if I didn't go, and I thought of all the youth in the show that I'd be letting down. I thought about how hard some of them had been working. There was Melissa, whose mom had just had a new baby, and yet she always managed to get Melissa to practice. Melissa was not only prepared, but also happy to help others with choreography and blocking questions. I thought of Kalei and Sydney, both seniors, who despite very busy schedules with finals and graduation, still made time to come. I remembered Ryan, who had started his day very early and stayed late after one rehearsal to comfort another cast member who he didn't know well, but was having a tough day. I could go on and on. The point is, as I looked past my own discomfort and thought about others, I was given energy and the motivation to step up and follow through on my commitment to attend the rehearsal. And so I went with the commitment to look outward and try to uplift as many in attendance as I could. My face was still sore by the end of rehearsal and my head ached, but I enjoyed myself far more than I had the week before. I've experienced the same power when I'm working on costuming for a show. When I'm tired and want to be done but still have a doublet or gown to sew, 
I'll think about the cast member who will wear the costume and how happy they'll be when they finally get it. It's like a shot of Red Bull for my motivation. Looking outward truly is the ultimate source of positive energy. So here's our play of the week. Sometime this week, when you're with another person, look outward and consider how you can make the experience more positive for them. Notice how you feel when you do something to serve that person. Maybe it's just asking them how their day was or giving them a compliment or letting them know how much you appreciate them. Did you notice if you are uplifted as well when you do so? I'll leave you with this closing thought. Looking outward is not about self-sacrifice. The author of Peter Pan, James M. Barry, said, Those who bring sunshine into the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. As we share our light, we will also benefit from its glow. Every participant and leader in the Shakespeare in the Park show that has looked outward has had a better experience because they've done so. Ironically, looking outward is the most self-serving thing that you can do. Here is a last word from the Ireland lottery winner, Francis Connolly. If you're feeling down, helping other people and doing something to help other people will lift you. And two, if you can, given to other people, whether it's time or money or whatever, it's really important and it gives you a buzz and it's, it's, it's addictive. I'm addicted to it now. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you're finding our content valuable. If you are, we would love it if you could take a second and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And if you have a minute, please share a review because that kind of feedback helps spread the word about the podcast. It's a great way to practice looking outward. We also love it when you take the time to look outward and share an episode that you think someone will value. That's our hope. We want to help. Wouldn't it be a lovely world if we could all trust that we are sincerely looking out for one another's best interest? That's the real goal. Thank you for being here with us on our quest to win this game called life. Remember, we're all in this together. Thank you for taking the time to learn and to practice these invaluable life skills. Be sure to listen again next week where we'll continue to explore the power of play theory. Until then, keep practicing happy.